Welcome, everybody, to episode 49 of the Ohio Virtual Academy Music Appreciation Podcast. I'm Daphne Check, one of four music appreciation teachers at OHVA. I'm joined by with Jeremy England, um, who is another teacher here, and uh, he's going to talk a lot today. I think uh, it, definitely more. I, you know, last week I thought about this last week. I talked a lot and now you're going to get a chance to, um, and that's because today we're going to talk about um, the guitar now, admittedly. And as I was telling Jeremy before the podcast, even though I'm a music teacher, I'm not very versed in guitar. Like I know what it is. Okay. I like, I know what a guitar is, but I don't really know a whole lot about it. And so this is really cool because Jeremy has a lot of experience with the guitar and um, he even was talking about how he ran a guitar club for a while here. So um, I'm going to let him kind of drive the ship today and I'm going to poke him with a stick every now and then to see <laughs> um, what else we can get out. But uh, Jeremy's going to kind of lead the discussion today. So I'm going to shut up and let you go. <laughs> no, it's good. I think, you know, the guitar is a cool instrument uh, as we were talking before. Like it's just... It's so versatile, and it's pretty old compared to, like, not the actual modern guitars we know it, but the guitar itself is is pretty pretty old. And so it's it's used in a lot of music, and it's can be used for a lot of different genres, which is cool. I'm sure, like, you're a metal person, right? I mean, very heavy guitar, um, hair metal especially. Oh, right? yeah, that, the 80s yeah. bands. Those are my jam. <laughs> that you know, scratchy distortion. And um, there was a time, and I know if you're like a younger listener of our show, um, back in like the 90s and early 2000s, even to like mid-2000s, music was very, very heavy guitar-driven. I mean, pop songs would have be driven by guitar with guitar solos. Now it's kind of been replaced by, uh, you know, pop songs will have like a, a bridge that is, uh, rap, uh, and that's even kind of gone away. Like a you know, hip hop artist would be in there, but that's even kind of evolved. But guitar was like the instrument uh, back in the day, so I think it's cool. And I play guitar. Uh, I play acoustic guitar. That's my favorite type of guitar to play. I play a little bit of electric, but I am not nearly as good as at that as I am on acoustic. Um, so I like the guitar. I think it's cool, and I know a lot about it, but. Uh, this is going to be a very broad overview because there's just so much. Like I was telling Daphne, we're going to get to a popular artist here in a minute, like at the end of the show, popular artist. And I just started listing names, the first people that popped into my head. And it's like, have you ever thought about Daphne? How many words do you know? Like, have you ever thought to yourself, how many words are in my vocabulary? Uh, just like just totally... just now i am yeah. uh, i couldn't it's i mean the the limit does not exist i think maybe that's kind of how i feel about <laughs> guitar players yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's true well and i feel that guitar seems to be one i don't know if i'm going to say this exactly correctly but guitar seems to be kind of one of the more accessible things like if a lot of people play guitar and a lot of people play piano i feel like like or they're generally they they feel like they could either pick it up or they took lessons uh you know as children or something like that and 
Um, even I don't play guitar, but and neither does my brother-in-law, for example, but he's got a guitar sitting in the office that he noodles around on every now and then. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like just yeah. guitar lends itself to a wide variety of people as well as music. Yeah, that's a good point. And one that's kind of overlooked sometimes, it is one of the most accessible instruments, not in terms of like uh, – of like being easy to play, but just the amount of people that teach and give resources. We talked about this kind of the theremin episode where like, there's not a lot of colleges that provide theremin, uh, you know, teaching because it's kind of like this weird instrument. There are more guitar teachers in college, but it's still like the common man's instrument. And, uh, you can pick it up. You can learn to play it by ear pretty easy. Um, you can, on YouTube, the advent of YouTube, there is no shortage of guitar teachers, both good and bad. And I'll put a few in the the links uh, for the descriptions if you want to learn how to play. Specifically, a guy who runs a website called Justin Guitar, uh, phenomenal teacher. And then there's another one called Music uh, Music Is Win. Uh, I have to look up the exact title, but tons of people teaching guitar in theory that you don't need to go into an actual classroom for. And I mean, you can buy a cheap guitar at Walmart, you know, and uh, be on your way. I would advise you not to. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> If you've it's... ever heard any of our episodes before, I think when we've talked about instruments, we went on a tangent one of the episodes about <laughs> please don't buy your instruments from Walmart. No disrespect to Walmart, but if you're going to buy an instrument, go somewhere that specializes in instrument sales. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that it has to be expensive, but it does oh, mean sure. that there is a level of quality that is not just to be a snob, but it literally will make your experience trying to learn an instrument better. When you're not fighting with an instrument, then you know, like it just it makes it easier. I'm not saying go out and buy a two thousand dollar acoustic guitar for your first guitar, mm-hmm. but you know, don't get a hundred dollar first act that includes all the accessories that comes with it. Right. Um, well, and it's just like anything else. You get what you pay for, right? So yeah, you want to yeah. make sure that you're putting it is still an investment. So you want to make sure that if this is something you want to do and you want to purchase a guitar, you want to put enough money and time into it to get something quality out of it. You certainly don't want any of your obstacles to be that strings keep breaking or, you know, stuff like that, or the frets are falling off, something weird like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So the history of the guitar, uh, like I said, it's pretty, pretty old, actually. I was looking this up. I didn't know this fact until I was doing research, but the first kind of indication of a stringed instrument that resembles somewhat of a guitar is probably or possibly during the Babylonian times. And if you don't know what that is, that's like biblical times. <laughs> the Babylonian back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. And that is – there's people that found like a 3,300-year-old, 3, so 3,300-year-old 3, carving of a stringed instrument. So that would put oh us gosh. roughly in – uh, like 1700 BC. Is that right? About right? Or, you know, I'm sorry. Are you BC. asking me to math? I know. It's weird because it's just to go be negative. No and, <laughs> I was told there'd be. Yeah. No. <laughs> but that's old. You know, like that's just like they found an instrument that kind of looks like a guitar, but it wasn't really until the 12th century. So that's the 1300s that the guitar really begins to take its shape as what it's known as, like this curved body with the neck and strings and Spain is generally the area where this is established so in the 1300s Spain comes out and says this is like a guitar you know they don't really say that they have two different names for it but the the broad overview and that's why you know there's a lot of like very 
talented Spanish guitarists and very like the Spanish guitar style is very intricate and involved, but they've just been playing it the longest. <laughs> well, and every time I, I was thinking about this a little bit when I was in college, there was a, you know, guitar departments and I never really saw them much just because the percussion schedule was, you know, very different than the guitar schedule. But yes. I remember once going to um, a guitar recital and all the literature I remember the person playing was Spanish. I think everything they played was Spanish and it was beautiful and wonderful music, but I was just trying to, and I'm sure I'm only remembering part of it because when you're doing recitals, you have certain requirements. So I'm sure it wasn't all Spanish, but the majority of it in my memory is. And, um, I just, it, it really, it's got a very unique sound to it for that reason too. Like the music I think is very identifiable. Yeah. Especially if you're comparing it to guitar music of, today they probably had like long fingernails and they probably only used their fingers and um yeah it's very flowing and beautiful mm-hmm. I, I remember there being quite a bit of runs too yeah like just working <laughs> yeah. going up and down the the neck of the of the guitar if, I, if my memory serves correctly but it's That's a very probably, cool sound probably right yeah it's a really yes. cool really cool look at it and so that makes that makes a lot of sense that that's why maybe i have that in my memory so much there you go see bringing back memories that's Uh, what we do here on this podcast (laughs) yes we are we are nothing if but nostalgic memory makers yeah (laughs) is that our hashtag this week i think so. we haven't had one for a minute i think it's time (laughs) perfect so actually so the spanish guitars is the the birthplace of the guitar uh but they kind of disappeared in the Middle Ages, which I thought was interesting for so for like a couple hundred years, they just didn't care about guitars. And then that's depressing. Uh, it was, and then somewhere like the mid to late Middle Ages, they were like, you know what, this is kind of a cool instrument. So they brought types of it back, and they experimented with like the number of strings. They experimented with the uh, tunings, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later. Um, and it, it just kind of like lost its way. It's kind of its teenage years because it wasn't until the 1850s when the guitar really established what it is today. You know, six strings with the body tuned in a particular arrangement. Uh, so like I said, the, the history of the guitar or guitar family is very, very old. Uh, and then the 1850s, which is in terms of music time, is not that old is when it was established. It's kind of like watching... Um, like evolution happened in real time if you if you believe in evolution type stuff you know like it just kind of came out of the water and just farted around for a little bit and then now it's like evolved <laughs> to a bunch of different ways and here we are so you know if we got the guitars we know it <laughs> i like that idea of it just crawling like slowly out of this primordial ooze like right. it's just a, it's a cool image all right listeners i want this drawn and sent to us so if you're an artist and you're listening i want a guitar coming out of a pond Thank you very much. I love it. Yes, <laughs> that'd be our show art if we can uh, for our next show. For real, that would exact that would that might be our show art forever. Actually, <laughs> let's <laughs> just be, be real about it. <laughs> and you probably saw, you've probably seen, and listeners have probably seen like lutes and stuff, and like kind of mandolins and these old looking style guitars. And these are all in the guitar family, but the guitar we know uh, is very specific today. But there are three types do you know or two types two main types uh of guitar so what what type of guitar does your brother have he noodles around with an acoustic 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, It needs a lot of love. And we were actually talking about it uh, in the before times that maybe we need to take it to a shop and then, you know, broadly gestures at everything. Um, we couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. So uh, maybe we'll do that sometime here down the road to get it to a shop yeah, and get it to up. And then, I, and then maybe I can try and learn a little bit because I have obviously enough musical knowledge to be dangerous so I could um, try and figure some of it out maybe. But we'll see. We'll see. That's right. So there are three main types of acoustic guitars. There's the acoustic, so the two broad types are acoustic and electric. And so uh, you'd recognize them if you saw them, but acoustic just literally means it doesn't need amplification unless you're playing like an arena or a stage or something. But it, the main sound is produced by the resonation, resonating of the body, the air inside the body. And the electric guitar, the main amplification and the main sound that comes out of it is produced by uh, magnets and electricity. So Magnets? Uh, oh, yep. I have questions about that. Okay, we'll come yep. back. Well, I'll be happy to uh, <laughs> answer them. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about this um, – and may, and we really do someday need to get a physics person on here to talk to us about sound. But I find it interesting when you were talking about acoustic and talking about like the air in the chamber, so many instruments, um, the amplification, well, the creation of their sound, but the amplification of their sound, there is a lot of science behind that. And I was thinking about the fact that, you know, a couple of weeks ago I did a... Um, that solo podcast on my own about marimba. And I talked a lot Mm -hmm. about the resonators um, helping to amplify that sound. And the guitar has it too. And they're very different instruments, Um, but instruments still have um, are built uh, to be able to resonate and, or excuse me, uh, resonate and amplify their own sound. Now, Sans electric. I mean, obviously electric has its own thing, but even an acoustic guitar, you can hear very well. And that's just because of that chamber and how well it's built. So, just a sidebar yeah. there. No, it's, it's perfect because uh, you talked about the various woods in the marimba episode too and, and the synthetic materials and how they matter. And an acoustic guitar, it's very much the same thing. They, the acoustic guitars range from like very, very, very cheap and cheaply made $100 to very expensive thousands and thousands upon dollars. And a lot of that is craftsmanship and a lot of that is also the wood type. So... You know, you're not like actually resonating the air, right? You're you're vibrating the wood, which then vibrates the whole instrument, which then vibrates the air inside the chamber, which then comes out through the sound holes or the resonators. And acoustics uh, are very prized in what type of wood is being used to to create the instrument. And so it's interesting how like this these materials especially for instruments that resonate and amplify themselves, is very dependent on the material that it is made out of. So much like the marimba, uh, the acoustic guitars are are the same way. Uh, There are three types of acoustic guitars. There's the classical, which the strings are made out of nylon, and probably more what you would hear in a Spanish guitar. It used to be made out of gut, uh, gut string. Um, And it is just very nice and mellow and played with your fingernails typically uh and so if you ever see a classical guitarist their fingernails on the right hand will be very long and pointy uh, because they're like basically built-in picks then you have a flat top which is 
uh, played with a pick typically. It's usually what's used in folk music, bluegrass music, country rock. Um, it's just basically a traditional acoustic guitar, and it has uh, it has uh, uh, steel strings. Um, and here's an important note. If you have a classical guitar, you can't put steel strings on it if you have because you'll stretch the neck and break it, and it won't be good. <laughs> really? That would be yeah. awful. Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't need no breaking. Yeah. And then finally, there's the arch top, and the arch top is interesting because it is shaped like a violin or a cello. So the top in the bottom of the instrument uh, is curved; it's carved out, and it usually has an F hole in it, kind of like a violin. And uh, it's something like the first electric, or sorry, the first acoustic guitars. Um, but it has a resonator with F holes and it's used in like jazz and stuff and very big body, a little bit more shallow, but those are three types of, uh, acoustic guitars. They're pretty cool. Does the arch top, uh, do any of these resonate louder than the others really? Uh, yeah, probably the, um, flat top only because it's using, uh, steel strings, uh, and the arch top is a little bit more, um, it doesn't have as large of a resonator as uh, the, the flat top does. So that, that makes sense. And I would say, too, like the flat, and these all usually come in different sizes. So, like the acoustic flat, the flat top, like Ed Sheeran, I've, he's a popular acoustic guitar player. He uses a smaller version of an acoustic guitar. Uh, I, I I can't remember what type. It's like a parlor, maybe, or it's you know just a small little thing. So it's not as loud as like a a jumbo. <laughs> and uh, you know they're all tuned the same, but the resonators will be different um, to allow how much sound you want to come out. So. so is there, and maybe you're going to talk about this in a second with the electric. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Are there electrics electric guitars built to sound acoustic? Like, be, like they're still electric because maybe they have to amplify for whatever reason, but they're built or created in such a way that the sound they produce is m- more similar to an acoustic than an electric. So acoustic guitars can be amplified with pickups. So you can put mm. a pickup inside an acoustic guitar. That would make um, sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there are different ways to do it. Some will have like a, just like a pickup that's kind of like taped on <laughs> to the resonator. <laughs> so, so these, these, Guitars, you're like so. When you amplify an acoustic guitar, you can either do it with a microphone, which is the preferred way because that captures the actual essence of the guitar itself. So mm-hmm. it captures the sound that the guitar makes. But you can also uh, put and install uh, amplification in either the bridge or in the sound hole, which will capture the vibrations of the wood, which is still getting the sound, but it won't sound as good because it's not getting the character of the instrument. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that does make sense, yes. Yeah. So then we have the electric guitar, which is usually solid body, mo- most of the time, which means it's just made out of a hunk of wood. Um, and there's a lot of debate about whether or not the wood matters on electric guitars because most of the tone is coming from your pickups. Uh, So there's not as much resonation. Some people will argue to the death that there is. I'm of the camp that it doesn't really matter what your guitar is made of. I mean, a Telecaster, which is a type of electric guitar, I've seen people make them out of like cutting boards, you know, and 
it has a perfectly fine played instrument. And usually the electric guitar has a lot more effects and the amp is more crucial to how it sounds than the actual guitar. In my humble opinion, and I'm sure that somebody who's listening will argue uh, you know, very strongly the other way, but the way it makes noise is magnets, electricity, and an amplifier. <laughs> so getting very sciencey now. We are getting very sciencey. So they have something installed in the body called a pickup. And a pickup, when you look at an electric guitar, so where the sound hole would be on an acoustic guitar, so the acoustic guitar has that big empty hole in the middle underneath the strings. That's the sound hole. The electric guitar will, will not have a sound hole. They'll have what kind of looks like ovals, like oblong pills almost that span across all the strings. And there might be one, two... Uh, two fat ones, three skinny ones, two skinny ones. You know, like these are these are what are called pickups, and what they are are magnets. You you wrap wire around posts, and when you electrify them, they turn into magnets. So when you pluck a string, a steel string on an electric guitar, it vibrates between these two magnets, and uh, that's what produces the sound that then gets transferred through the cable to the amplifier. And the reason that there are multiple pickups on a guitar is that they're at different angles or different spots on the string. So you could have uh, one that is closer to the neck, which will be like a fatter sound because it's picking up more of the middle of the string, more closer to like the the actual middle of the string. So it'll be a richer, deeper sound. And then you have the bridge pickup, which is closer to the butt of the guitar or the bridge of the guitar, the bottom of the string, which will actually be a little bit more thinner because that vibration is different than the one that's in the middle. Does that make sense? Are you sticking with yeah, me? Yeah, I think I'm following you. I, I am okay. not very sciencey, but I think I'm staying with you. <laughs> yeah. So if you stretch a string, say between two posts or two fingers, if you pluck it in the middle, it will be a richer sound. But if you had somebody pluck the string right near your finger, it would vibrate. It just wouldn't last as long or it wouldn't be as uh, full sounding. It would be thinner sounding because it, there's just less room to vibrate basically i think what you're talking about is the phenomenon i again if i may just relate it back to what i know for a second uh the marimba does the same kind of thing if you hit the bar i talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago because again parallels here but um when you hit a bar on a marimba where the string is it doesn't sound very good you've got to aim for that center where things can freely vibrate and and this sounds very similar yes yes very similar and the only difference there is the marimba, I would have to imagine, you very rarely probably want to hit where the string is unless it's like very specified. Yeah, uh, correct. The guitar, uh, I mean, they put a pickup there on purpose because it's a very distinct sound that can be used uh, in various genres of music. And yeah. uh, usually you'd have a switch that can go back and forth between these pickups or a combination of the pickups or in between the pickups. <laughs> uh <laughs> So it's kind of like once you get more pickups, you start to like feel like you're driving, uh, uh, you know, like it's just a whole other element to the instrument you can control. And so there are two different times of pickups. There are single coil, which is just one set of magnets. So six, I could get that number wrong, six magnets, I believe, uh, that are underneath the strings. They're wrapped around one post. And that can what that means is because there's only one magnet, in one electromagnetic field, 
there can be noise that's introduced into the sound. So you can kind of get a little bit of buzzing. It's not as uh, a powerful of a sound um, at, at initial playing. Then there's something called humbuckers, which is two sets of pickups right next to each other, coiled in opposite directions. And what that does is it cancels out that fuzz and that buzz, and it actually gives a uh, deeper sound um, and that's usually used in like heavier rock. So like, for example, Stevie Ray Vaughan uses a single coil. So you can like picture his sound and how kind of like bitey or aggressive and harsh that is versus like Slash, who uses a humbucker, which he has a little bit more mellow sound, even though it's still kind of rock and roll. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more mellow and sweeter because of the way the pickups cancel out among a bunch of other things, of course. Yeah. Also, that's a great word. Can I just sidetrack for a second? Humbucker. Yeah, what a right? cool well, word. That sounds like, first of, all, first of all, that sounds like something you would say when you stub your toe. Ah, humbucker. <laughs> like, that's that's amazing. Okay, I'm going to. Well, I mean, you're bucking the hum. You're getting rid of the hum. So. Oh, my gosh. You're so yeah. right. Oh, my gosh. The light just went on. And, oh, my Lord. Okay. I'm having an epiphany <laughs> <And> over here. <laughs> that's awesome. And typically, there's only two sets of humbuckers on a guitar. Uh, when you have single coils, you might have three, probably usually three um, or two, but humbuckers is usually two sets of two. Mm. And so there you go. Nice. Uh, and then you have effects. The cool thing about electric guitars is you get so many effects. And effects are literally foot pedals you put in front of you that while you're playing, you press it and it can change. It can add reverb. It can add delay. It can add distortion. It can add overdrive. It can add... Um, uh, ping pong delay type stuff. It can add uh, octave jumps or octave lowering. It can add chorus, which delays the signal. It can add a tremolo, which like mimics the speaker spinning around. And so this all is used to um, shape the sound of your guitar. So the, I think part of the reason electric guitar is not as uh, exciting to me is there's almost too many choices. <laughs> is like, it overwhelming? To me, to me, it is. Yeah, some people uh, like I'll tell. I have an electric guitar, and I've used probably the same five or six effects for like the whole time I've had it. Uh, but some people will just like go nuts. If you look at uh, the old guitarist for Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, he had three pedal boards that were probably a yard each you know, yard wide each with two layers on top of it. And he'd have to put like uh, grip tape from a skateboard on his pedals or like areas of his pedal board so he wouldn't slip because he'd be doing a foot dance. And it's just like, that's how some people make music. They just like to affect their sound. And to me, that's just overwhelming. I like being able to grab an acoustic guitar and maybe add a little bit of reverb to it and then just play. But, uh, that's just my style. It's like I don't like World of Warcraft or those types of games because it's just it's too open ended for me. There's <laughs> too know, many need, choices. You need a little bit more choices. streamlined. Yeah, choice paralysis is what they call it. Oh, <laughs> I have that all the time, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's uh, the two basic guitars in a nutshell. And no matter what guitar you have, what type you have, there's all the basic general components to it. You have the head, which is the top part that holds the tuning pegs, which the tuning pegs you turn to tighten or loosen the string to get it in tune. Usually that's where you have the uh, logo at. And actually the head is 
a great way a lot of times to tell if you have a counterfeit guitar or not. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Then you have the nut, which is usually made out of bone or plastic, and that is the part that the string sits on before it goes to the tuning pegs. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, then you have the neck, which is the long part where you play with your your hand to push down the notes, and they're divided by metal bars, and those metal bars help divide the the strings up. Uh, a violin has a neck too, but it doesn't have the frets built into it, or a cello. You know, you have to just know your sound. The guitars, you get a little bit of cheating, I guess, <laughs> because they tell you where to put your fingers. Yeah. Uh, they do make they do make. Um, fretless guitars though or guitars that have frets that are like odd shaped to help like with the tuning and stuff it's pretty pretty interesting then there's the body which is uh basically shaped like uh the curves of a person you got the shoulder which is up by the neck and then you have like the skinny waist if you're not american and then you have the butt on the bottom which is like that's where you get that's you know you attach your straps to or put batteries into or whatever and then you have the sound hole and the pickups, which we talked extensively about in the earlier section of this episode. Right. right. No. So, no. so how do you? How's the tuning on this go then? Mm-hmm. I'm asking a very broad question here. I understand, <laughs> but yeah. obviously, just like anything else, a guitar has to be tuned, and I think most people know. You know, you have to adjust the, you know, the top of the guitar, the strings and stuff like that, where you have to tune. So how does just standard tuning work? Yeah. Standard tuning on guitar is tuned in fourths, except for the second and third string, which is tuned in a major third. And so the string names on a standard guitar is E-A-D-G-B-E. And the funny way I always try to teach kids uh, the string names from low to high is Eddie Eight Dynamite Goodbye Eddie. You know, wow. And, uh, <laughs> I know. Rock a, and roll, baby. Yeah, you know? baby. All right. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a unique tuning. So gu- violins. Oh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Violins are tuned in fourths or fifths. One of the stringed instruments are tuned in fifths. Fourth. The rest are tuned in fourths. I think it's fourths. Yeah, um, I think so. so. Yeah, sorry, I can't. I'm tra- I'm, yeah, sorry. This <laughs> and, and this is terrible since I do wear first symphony. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it's cellos that is in fifths or bass. I think it's a lower end. Anyway, sorry. Also, yeah. sorry. Apologies to everybody that I can't remember this <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. And so the guitar is kind of a very uniquely tuned instrument. So the way it's tuned it allows you to play. Uh, a lot of chords and scales very quickly. And the cool thing about guitars, you don't need to know a lot about theory. You know, um, sorry, I have to edit that part out. Uh, it's all good. You just have, a, you, if you get a tuner on your phone, a tuning app, and it will tell you what, it will play the string, you can listen to it, and especially once you get it tuned the first time, you should be very close for the rest of the time. But you don't necessarily need to know the tuning or the string names. It's it's super helpful. So if you're learning guitar, learn theory if you can. But it's designed in a way that you can use patterns over and over and over again and start to sound very good. In fact, um, there's a guy named Tommy Shaw. He's one of the guitarists for the band Sticks. Uh, he can't read chord charts. Well, he claims. I just watched a video today. He can't read chord charts or read music. But he's one of like the most successful and longest touring rock bands that there are right now, you know, but 
A lot of it is training by ear, but also memorizing and knowing the patterns that your fingers can play across the strings. And the standard tuning, the way the guitar is broken up, allows for that very quickly. And it allows for finger shifts and positions to move up and down the, the neck very quickly. Uh, there is something called drop tuning. And drop tuning is used a lot in metal. And so drop tuning, what that means is you take the lowest string. So you have, remember the lowest strings are E, A, D. You would drop that E down to a D. So the tuning would be D, A, D. And what that does, it allows you to, what's called chugging. And very quickly and very heavy. It's huh. it's a heavy sound. you know. That so. sounded like you were starting to sing Barracuda. It, that's it was I guess yeah and I, I don't really like that song but it's just so easy wow I I'm just terribly sad okay moving on <laughs> so, yeah so drop tuning is cool a lot if you listen to metal you probably hear drop tuning and in fact metal a lot of times will tune all of their strings down a half or a whole step so instead of uh, the lowest string, you know, instead of being E, A, D, it might be uh, D, G, no, yeah, D, G, C, and then they drop tune it to even lower. So, like, you get these fat, heavy, angry-sounding, chunky guitars. Um, and then you have what's called open tunings, and open tunings are used a lot in folk music, and... What it does is it allows you to play all six strings together, and you'll have a chord. So if I have standard tuning, I have to put fingers down to make it sound good together. If I just played all the strings together by themselves without pushing anything, pushing anything down, it sounds silly. But open tuning, it allows you to do that. If you listen to uh, like Dashboard Confessionals, if you want to go emo mm -hmm. back in the day, uh, they use a lot of open tunings. And it's a very distinct sound that's just very like... Open, I guess hence the name, open, <laughs> but wow. uh, very, folk, very folksy and uh, cool. So Nice. Yeah. So if you, you got the tuning down. Got it. There's all kinds of toys. Now, so this is the, one of the greatest things about being a musician, I'll just say, is that there's you can play an instrument, but there's always little things you can do to add or change or manipulate. And, um, you know, in my case, it's mallets and sound effects. But the guitar has a bunch of accessories, too. Um, so once, I mean, now, obviously, we know about picks. I mean, I, I think probably everybody listening would know about pick, but you've got a couple other things listed here. I do. So uh, the first one is a capo. And a capo, so... If you remember the anatomy of a guitar, you have the nut, which is usually made out of bone, and that's it's basically that's the last stop before the tuning pegs. So if I play a string, if I play the lowest string without putting any fingers down, I have an E. A capo will allow me to take this device and lay it across multiple strings and change the location and change the tuning without having to uh change the tuning pegs and what this really does is it allows you to change uh the notes very quickly and i use it a lot to change the key of a song so if i'm playing like uh if i'm playing a song in the key of g but it's too low for me to sing i can put a capo on the second fret which moves all of my notes up to which then if i play the same chord shapes 
I'm playing in the key of A now. So we talked about these patterns of like, I could play what's called a G chord progression or a G pattern. And that is my fingers go in a certain shape, it plays a G, D, E minor, and a C9 or whatever. If I just play that without any capo, I'm playing in the key of G. If I put a capo on the fourth fret, if I play those same exact shapes, I'm actually now playing in the key of B. And so capo very quickly allows you to change the, the pitches of the string so you can change the key. There are more advanced capos where you could put some across just three strings and then uh, like maybe three frets down, put a capo on another three strings and you can start to change the tuning very quickly without having to mess with strings or have a second guitar or change the gauges of strings or anything like that. It's just a quick pitch changing device. Sounds very convenient, honestly. It is very It, it sounds like an yeah. accessory of convenience. <laughs> Yeah, and when you play like, uh, I'll give you a perfect example of wh why it's useful. In like the uh, church world, you know, the, I could play, for beginning guitarists especially, the, the G pattern, the way you play a G pattern progression is very easy. And in fact, a lot of guitarists are taught G, C, and D as like their first chords because it uses open strings. It's very easy to play. There are a lot of songs that are written in that. Well, if you don't learn, start to learn other chords like bar chords and stuff, uh, it can, it's just easy enough to raise the pitch. Like you said, it's very convenient to just take a beginning guitarist and move that capo up and they can play with the rest of the band without having to learn how to play new chords. So you can, you can get around with four chords for the rest of your guitar playing career and have a good time and be okay. But when you start to learn other chords, uh, you have to start manipulating your fingers in different ways and playing bar chords, which is putting your finger across multiple strings, which is very difficult. And some people don't like to do that. So you just use a capo to kind of cheat. Uh, but the sound is very different. So that progression of G, C, D, E minor is very familiar a lot of times. It doesn't matter what key you play it in. Like that, the movement and the movement of the strings is very familiar to a lot of people. And so that's a good way to kind of keep that familiarity. Uh, because if, like I said earlier, if I put the capo on the fourth fret and play a G shape, I'm playing in the key of B. I can also play in the key of B without a capo, but the sound and the progression will sound different because I'm putting my fingers on different strings or using different areas of the guitar. So not only is it convenient, but it also helps to shape the sound of your progression. Does that make sense? It 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 does. Uh, I was yeah. thinking while you were talking a little bit about that too, do you think that using this type of accessory or, or maybe just because the way it was tuned to, or the way the guitar is tuned to, do you think that... Be that playing guitar has helped you understand music theory better. Uh, yeah, I think so because it's like a piano instrument. Anytime that you can see all of your notes laid out at once, or you have to understand the relationship between all the notes at once, the the better it helps out. So, like I grew up playing trumpet, and that's one one note at a time. You know, I'm worried about one note. Yes, <laughs> anytime. Yeah. Uh, and so my, I would say that my ear was not nearly as developed as like the guitar players and piano players when I went to college, just because they have all the notes. But yeah, it very much helps me to understand music theory, the relationship between notes, and it helped me to hear progressions a lot better too. That's really interesting. Cause I think you bring up a good point there that, 
you know, having that visual to be able to see theory in action makes a world of difference when you're learning it. Um, yeah. So, so seeing those chord structures on the piano too. Plus, it's a key. You do get a little kinesthetic there because you know what this chord feels like. Like it gets it gets a home in your hands, and so um, that probably has some relation there too. So, I was just curious because as you were talking about that, I was like, well, when you use the capos, you really have to um, kind of know where they're heading and where to place them to get certain chord structures. So it got me yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a good point. And I, I sometimes I like to teach theory using a guitar because uh, piano is very nice because it's laid out left to right. Guitars are helpful sometimes because it's stacked on top of itself, and um, you can start to visualize it that way. Um, and again, though, like guitar, you can go your whole life not ever understanding the relationship between, but you can you can play so many patterns or you can play the same pattern so many times that it just becomes like natural in your fingers, you know, like G, C, D, E minor seven. Like that's just so natural in my fingers right now. Mm -hmm. You could do it in um, your sleep. Easily. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes I've played enough guitar that and practiced enough that I will, I could doze off while playing certain songs. (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) it's just kind of, just kind of goes, but uh, some other accessories, uh, slides are definitely used more in electric guitars. Uh, basically, it's a plastic, usually glass tube that you slide on your finger, and uh, you move it across the string as you're playing, and it sounds very Hawaiian mm-hmm. or very, um, it, I know it's so dumb, but we don't, we're, we're dumb as musicians. It slides across the strings, so it sounds like the, note, it sounds like the notes are sliding around, and that's basically what you're doing, and it mimics a... A pedal steel guitar. It's it's very popular in uh, a lot of country music um, and some blues music. Uh, then we have picks, which you gotta have to, the picks. The, <laughs> yeah, they have to have the picks. Uh, uh, plectrums, I think they're officially called. I'm sorry, uh, what did you just say? Plectrums. Ple- I have I never heard of the word you just said. I yes. thought you were making it up. Are you serious right I, now? I'm being dead. <laughs> Serious. It is what? called. Let me get the, the official name. All right. We got to go to Google mid podcast. Plectrum. Plectrum. I have truly never heard of that word when referring yeah. to picks. That's, that's awesome. The real name of it. But, that's uh, a, that sounds like another thing you'd exclaim <laughs> when you would stub your toe. Ah, oh, plectrum. Plectrum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the cool thing about picks is they range in thickness and material. So the version I use are Diodario. Yellows, which they they color coordinate all their picks, which is very nice. Which is a thinner pick, which is very helpful for uh, acoustic guitars. And then, if you play like electric and lead type stuff, you'll use a thicker pick uh, because it just sounds different and it attacks different. So you can have big fat picks, you can have little skinny picks, you can have like very tiny jazz picks, which are like the size of like a maybe a nickel or smaller. Um, so the pick actually is a a way that you can control the sound and technique of your guitar as well. You know, it's just all part of your, um, and people can be very particular about their picks. I'm very particular about my picks um, and what I'm using because otherwise it will feel kind of foreign into your body. It's kind of like picking, uh, picking, picking the right mallet that you're going to use for your, your marimba. Yep. You know, you have yarn, plastic, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, and just like that, I know I can relate to you when you say about 
picks because there are definitely mallets that I prefer over others for sure. And that's just the nature of being a musician. There's probably musicians who have certain mouthpieces or certain ligatures, uh, you know, vocals, whatever it is that I don't know why I pulled out vocal, but I don't know if that's, (laughs) I don't know if bassoonists really get real caught up on their vocals, but bassoonists let me know. (laughs) But anyway, moving on. Yeah, and then for electric guitar, the most, we have the amps. So amps are either uh, tube amps, which are amplified by t- vacuum tubes, which uh, is like the gold standard. Because tube amps are cool because the more that you, the the harder that you play them, the more that they naturally break up, and it's a little bit um, uh, the, a popular term. It's more. <laughs> it's gonna be gross sounding, I think, but creamy. Like you have like a creamy tube amp. Uh, it's really like, weird. It is weird, but it's, <laughs> no, when I'm you teasing. hear it, when you hear the like the tone of a tube amp, it's very smooth and like buttery and just very pleasant and warm. You have solid states, which are very nice because they can get loud. But if you drive a solid state amp too loud, if you go above to the breaking up point, it's more digital and it's harsher sounding and it's not a pleasant sound mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And then you have like modeling, which is you can get a, a effect that sits in a rack or you can get like pedal board modeling and it's just it models popular amps and effects and um, the gold standard uh, used to be and probably still is tube amps. Tube amps are just – they just sound the best typically, um, but modeling is coming a long way. But, again, that's all ones and zeros. Tube amp is analog, uh, and modeling and slates are just all ones and zeros. Uh, ones and zeros. So nice. popular guitarists. I, there I are just, a million of them, but <laughs> – Yeah, I'll list the ones that I have here just real quick, and you can find uh, numerous lists. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, B.B. King, Buckethead, Steve Vai, Slash, Andy McKee, who is an amazing acoustic guitar. Watch him. Uh, Dave Matthews, Tommy Emanuel, uh, Jimmy Page, Paul Simon, Jimi Hendrix, Sister Rosetta Tharp, Mother Maybelle Carter, and Memphis Minnie. And these are just you know, the ones that came off the top of my head. And you look at whatever genre that you like, and there's going to be no shortage of amazing guitarists. Uh, so Right. I mean, that list could be infinite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had to stop because I was like, there's no way. (laughs) Well, talk to us a little bit maybe about some popular styles. Yeah, see if you know any of these. So I I have them broken down kind of by brand. Uh, We have Gibson, which is – they make the Les Paul and the SG, which are popular. Are those basically kind of your standard, everybody's got that one? Okay. Yep. Les Paul is like the guitar slash plays or Jimmy Page. uh, A classic body shape so these are typically body shape styles and a lot of things that go with it um i actually own uh it's an epiphone les paul which is kind of like the mid-tier so gibson's like the best and then there's epiphone uh and then sg is what they use in um acdc oh okay uh they also make some acoustic guitars so gibson the brand makes some acoustic guitars fender is kind of like the other top electric guitar maker they make was the Stratocaster which is uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan plays the Stratocaster and then uh, they make a body shape called the Telecaster and I guess the easy way to remember the difference between these two is Gibson is very heavy into uh, humbuckers so (laughs) a little bit heavier sound and then Fender makes single coils very good single coil guitars and 
there's certain genres that fit these guitars that have used these guitars for a long time. Um, you know, like Stratocaster and Telecaster is like uh, blues, country, surf rock type stuff. Gibson, Les Pauls, and STs are like heavy rock and, and stuff like that. Then you have um, a brand called PRS, Paul Reed Smith. Ah, I'm going to get that wrong. But they make beautiful, beautiful, beautiful electric guitars. They're, it's funny. They're used in like, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Who plays Black Magic Woman? Santana mm-hmm. plays PRS guitars. Um, but they're kind of like the dad guitars. <laughs> they kind of get made fun of dad because guitars. they're just like, they're very beautiful to look at. And a lot of dads who don't actually know how to play, but want to have a guitar will own them. <laughs> so, These are the dad jeans uh, of guitars. Yeah, pretty much. But they're beautiful. They are absolutely Okay, so that's not dad jeans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they usually have like uh, birds on their, their fretboards inlays. Oh. So like instead of dots, they'll have birds. Um, Beautiful guitars. Ibanez, which you might be familiar with because uh, very popular with metal guitarists, especially like hair metal type stuff. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit harsher sounding. Um, they also make some nice hollow body guitars for jazz, which is kind of cool. Uh, then Yamaha, that's my acoustic. They make some acoustics, which are all right. Yamaha does uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, they make. You could buy yourself a guitar and a generator all at one stop, uh, <laughs> and a motorcycle, <laughs> and a motorcycle, and a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And the two like epic brands, the best brands of acoustic guitars you can get are either Taylor or Martin. They're kind of like the best wood, the best quality, just amazing, beautiful acoustic instruments. Taylor or Martin. So that's guitars in like a. I mean. I feel like I talked very fast, and I could have just gone so many other ways, but guitar is such a big topic, and it's so cool. So if you're interested, I'm going to put links in the show notes, uh, how to learn guitar, from like the very beginner tuning to like super advanced, and you should check it out. And, and if you play guitar, let me know and send me a recording. I'd love to hear what you, what you got. Yeah, it'd be. It, I, I think this was really just a cool episode because, as I said, I I don't know much about guitars, and it was cool just like hearing you geek out a little bit. So high five, air <laughs> yeah. high five to you. High five. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Don't forget, you can subscribe uh, and listen to the podcast wherever uh, we are on the interwebs. Uh, we are on the apps of cool podcasting <laughs> stuff um we're also on twitter at ohva music uh of course uh you can at jeremy about uh his guitar preferences at jeremy p england on twitter and of course you can go to the website anchor.fm forward slash ohva music so thanks for tuning in thanks jeremy for for just sharing your expertise uh, on this very broad topic um i know we all appreciated hearing you talk about what was going on in guitar land. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye.